0: 49er football, Talenor Hufunga. Saw some things kind of floating around. He's overrated. The most overrated player on the 49ers, and they said it's not close. All right, so we're going to get into that. Uh, I got my guy Jason Aponte coming on. We're going to talk about some fantasy football. And I forgot to mention, Jaquiski Tart. What does Hufunga, you know, having this opportunity mean for Tart? We're going to get into all that and more. So keep it locked right here. It's time to go 49ers morning show. Let's go. Talk, talk TV podcast, TV podcast. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and the NFL Division back, Eric Crocker. And uh, man, I hope everybody's doing good. Everybody's feeling good. I, I said I'm going to announce the new sponsor. I'm not going to do it yet. I got to wait. I got to wait a few more days Monday by Monday. I should be uh, talking about the new sponsor. And again, I really appreciate all y'all because you guys kind of gave me this platform and without y'all I wouldn't be able to do this and uh, make a living out of all this. It's funny. My wife, uh, she obviously she's in national school. Most of you guys that are in here consistently, you guys know that she's out right now for you know Thanksgiving break. So, excuse me. So she's in there she's been you know wanting to paint my daughter's room and stuff. And she wants me to help. And I'm like, babe, I got to go to work. And she's like, go to work? You got to go do your podcast. Like, You know what I'm saying? Like, no, this is my job. You know, coming up, I talk to you guys in the morning. Uh, I make sure all my stuff is, uh, you know, good for the Locked On 49ers show, Locked On NFL Draft show. It's my job, man. It's my job, full-time job. As a matter of fact, I think today's payday or yesterday's payday. One of these for, from YouTube. So appreciate all y'all, man. Good morning, hope everybody's doing good. I see four flames in here from our guy, uh, Billy the guy. I need five flames, five flames from everybody. Make sure I see how good everybody's doing. We're going to get straight in. We're going to get straight into it, man. Um, and at, at the top of the hour, I'm going to have my guy, Jason Aponte, on. And he's going to talk about. Uh, The fantasy football aspect of 49ers, who you guys should play, sit, and even if it's not 49ers, just your fantasy football questions. So we're going to get into all that. But first, Talanoa Hufunga, right? And it took me a while to be able to kind of really say his name, but my guy Chris was like, no, it's, 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 you sound it out like just just how it sounds. You say it just how it sounds. So we got Talanoa Hufunga, and a lot of people are excited about Hufunga and their excitement has made it to where he's the most overrated player on the 49ers. And I'm like, overrated? Like, what does overrated mean for a rookie? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, what does overrated mean for a rookie? Like, this isn't a guy who has had, you know, years to kind of show himself, you know, and be like, all right, like, this is me. I think the excitement just comes from optimism. Did I say it wrong? Is Hufunga, not Hufunga? Hufunga. Oh, man, I don't know. Hufunga, I don't know. Um, but Tylenol, Hufunga, whatever, you know. Uh, the safety for the 49ers out of USC. A lot of people are saying that he's overrated, man, and I'm and I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, I, I'll say this. I was not the highest person on him when he was coming out of USC. All right? I, I looked at him as someone who lacked a step and that that could come in, you know, kind of bite him in the ass, you know, while playing for the 49ers, you know, I thought maybe, I think it was a bit overblown, like, oh, he's just bad in coverage. But it's clear that he could potentially be a liability. That was kind of some of my thoughts as I was watching Funga at USC. You know, I thought he was someone who had a good knack for being around the ball, the way they used him around the line of scrimmage. Thought that was really good. He was flying around, he was making plays, I thought his anticipation, was really good. He was a good tackler, like all that. Um, you know, we talked about his lack of athleticism. I think it's really more a lack of speed, not just pure athleticism. Like the good guy can move. I don't think he's like just this big stiff guy or anything like that. Uh, seeing him at the pro day where, you know, he was down to around 200 pounds. I'm like, okay, that that's not really him, right? He's this guy and you look at him on film. He looks like a 220 pound guy out there when he weighed in at 200 pounds, it's like, okay, he slim down to run the 40, you know, and even at USC, he was listed at like 215. So the thing I, I was a little, you know, most worried about when it came to Funga was, it, are people going to be able to scheme up things against him to put him in vulnerable situations because of his lack of the higher end speed, all right? Now, way, you know, we watched him, in the preseason game against Kansas city chiefs and you see him just flying around, flying in. And I'm like, wow, like, okay, maybe I was wrong. And, and when I say wrong, not wrong in the sense of my evaluation of him, but maybe I was wrong that his speed would be as much, uh, you know, at would hinder him as much as I initially thought, you know, you, you watch who and against Kansas city in that first game. I mean, he's, he's flying around, like he's flying in there, he's making tackles, you know, he's, Coming from distance, there was one play was third down and short, and he comes in, like, uh, as a robber and comes down, smacks the guy short of the sticks, and, you know, I'm like, damn. The one time I saw him panic in that game, it was against Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was running the crosser, and he got there a little early, and I'm like, okay, well, I probably would have panicked against Tyreek Hill as well. Now, you, you watch him now, right, and he's had an opportunity. And, and this is the thing, man, with all these guys. When you have the opportunity to get in there, you have to take advantage of it. Being a fifth round, you know, draft pick, like you're not guaranteed anything. When you get that opportunity, you you have to make the most of it. And whatever he's been doing up until this point, whether it's at practice, whether it's on special teams or whatever, that has given him the opportunity to be the next man up. We've been talking, we've been screaming for people to play our rookies play the rookies, develop the rookies, play Ambry Thomas, play the Lenoir. you know, oh, you know, Trey Lance, Trey Sermon, all these other guys. And then they're like, hey, you know, we're going to play Hufunga. And it's like, oh man, nah, he's overrated. Like, what? Y'all been screaming. And I'm not saying y'all as in my people in here, but just people, 49 fans in general have been screaming to play Hufunga. And now they want to call him overrated because people are excited. You know, and I think that's, sometimes people's way of kind of putting guys down, like, 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 why can't, why can't people be, you know, happy for a player or excited to see a player? And that's people's way of kind of pouring water on the flames. It's, oh, he's overrated because you're excited to watch a guy. I don't think he's overrated in the sense of how people view him. I think people understand what his limitations are, right? He's someone that lacks your ideal speed, but people are excited to see what he does with this opportunity. And he is somebody that can play football. He was a good football player at USC, and he potentially could be a good football player in the NFL. Right now, you know, in his short time, yeah, he got put in a vulnerable situation against the Cardinals, right? And he had to match a guy, Christian Kirk, right, screaming uh, through the middle of the field. Maybe that's not his strength. But so far, it looked like, at least in the Cardinals game, and I would have to go back and watch and see exactly how they used Hufunga, but I thought they used him more to his strength. He was around the line of scrimmage more. He was coming down, and I think he does a good job of coming down from a too high and and reading things, reading crossers. I think having Jimmy, and I see it right here from my guy Kelly Young, uh, having Jimmy Ward back is huge for Hufunga. Hufunga looked lost versus Arizona. Okay, now hold on. There are what 70 plays in the game. I don't know, however many plays they played against the Arizona Cardinals. And th- this is my this is the tough thing with playing defensive back. And I think sometimes th- this can happen with you know, offensive linemen as well, definitely cornerbacks. Out of 70 plays, if there are two or three plays that maybe you're out of position for or whatever that don't go your way, you can have. Pluses, because the way we graded film, um, even when I was with the Jets, right? We'd be watching film, watching practice, whatever. And you grade each play. You either get a, a plus if you did everything right or you get a minus. So if you watch Hufunga against Arizona Cardinals and you're, you're you're watching them, you're watching them, and it's like, okay, did what he's supposed to do there? Plus. Did what he's supposed to do there? Plus. And you get through 10 pluses. Now, as fans, we don't notice those plays, right? Because he did what he's supposed to do. He's where he's supposed to be. But then there's that one play where it's like, oh, He missed his tackle, like, oh, Christian Kirk got him vertically. He's lost. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And it's like, whoa, man, like, what what about the other 65 plays that he was in good position, that he was doing things right? So, I'm not going to say that he was uh, lost or, you know, he wasn't, you know, in position or whatever. Can't communicate with him. He's in right position. Hufunga looked lost. I'm not going to say that Hufunga was lost against Arizona. I'll say... There were a couple plays where Arizona's player was better than him on that play, right? Now what you want to look for is, are these things, do they happen consistently? Does he continue to get beat the same way over and over each week? Now, if he is going to over and over, then that's when it's like, all right, like this is just always going to be an issue and okay. He can feel in right now, limited action, but maybe in a draft you're going to be looking for somebody that's much more athletic, from that standpoint. And they're, they're going to know. Right now, the, the safety position is shaping up to be a need for the 49ers. How high do you draft a safety? I don't know. But the game is changing to where you do need guys that are, are good in coverage. What you're going to find out right now, and I like what Kyle Shanahan did. Hey, we're not just handing the, handing the job back to Jakoski Tart. We're not just going to give it back to him. We like some of the things that we've seen from Hufunga. Uh, we've liked the reps that he's given us. Are there things to clean up? Yes. That's with any rookie. That's with any rookie. Are there things with, with with Hufunga that he needs to improve on? Sure. Is he able to improve on those things? He is the type of person, I will say this. He comes off to me as someone that works really hard. And I always look at guys that work hard. And maybe I saw somebody uh, uh, above uh, in the chat say, overachiever. I don't want to go that far, but I will say, Anytime I see someone like a a Hufunga who just – he's going to put in all the work to improve on his weaknesses, I bet on those guys. And there are things that Hufunga needs to get better at, some things that he can't improve on. His speed is kind of just what his speed is. The best way he can help himself is to be able to play with high-level anticipation. Now, again, there will always be those things when you do lack a certain trait. There's always going to be those things. That it could it could pop up at any time, but I think some people will push back and say, "Well, we've had things pop up against a Tart. We've had things pop up against Ward. We've had things pop up against all these guys. So why do we judge a guy like Hufunga, you know, tougher than anybody else on this team?" So again, we kind of started with asking, like, "Is Talanoa Hufunga?" Is he overrated? Is he and 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 again yeah, we're coming back to the, some of the comments that were on Twitter that he's the most overrated player on the 49ers and is not close. And I just think that's extremely unfair. It's unfair. He's a guy he he started two games. <laughs> he started two games. And every time we've seen him so far, he's done things where you're like, I, I like that. Wow, that was a good play. Shoes. the first time he played against Arizona, he made a key play, uh, keeping containment on Kyler Murray. That was a really good play. Just the angle that he took, a high-level play. When we saw him in the preseason, there were a lot of high-level plays that he made. He does a lot of good things. Yes, he lacks the ideal speed. But sometimes I think we let something we we let some like we we might know something about somebody, and then we let them, that like change our opinion of them. DK Metcalf, right? With DK Metcalf, it was. Oh, he ran a three cone, so he can't run routes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people literally, it was, he, he, he sucked at a three cone, so DK can't run routes, which means he can't be a good football player. People actually ran with that narrative. And to me, it was the craziest thing ever because it's like, well, he does this good, this good, this good, this Like, look at this. Like, he does these things at a high level. You're going to worry about a three cone? I think people are doing the same thing with Hufunga. They're they're looking at Ufunga and it's like he lacks speed and they let that that just change everything else about him as if he still can't be a good football player because he doesn't run a 4-4. And that's just not is not true. Yes, he can be a good football player. I don't I don't take it as the excitement for him is not overrated. They're not overrating him. People aren't overrating him. They're just excited to see him play. Just like everybody's been calling for all these other rookies to play. But you got the one rookie playing, and everybody is like, overrated. Come on, man. Let the kid play. I like what I've seen so far from And I'm just curious to continue, you know, watch him grow. All right. Got a question here. Could Palomalu run a 4-4? Run a 4-4? Yes. I believe Palomalu ran a 4-3, actually. So, <laughs> different kind of speed there with, with Palomalu. All right. I will say, you know, and I wanted to kind of follow up with what, what does this mean for our guy Jawiski Tart? And real quick, because I'm getting my guy Jason LaPonte on in about 15 minutes, but or 10 minutes, but I want to get you guys in here real quick to kind of get some of your thoughts on this. But what does it mean for Tart? Right? This is a guy who's in the last year of his contract. And I do think these are the this is what you want from Kyle Shanahan, right? Tart's not gonna be here next year. I'm I'm about 90% sure. Unless he just can't, absolutely absolutely can't catch on anywhere else. Tart is likely not going to be there. So it's good right now to see what can Hufunga do. And I like the fact that they said, well, we're just not going to give the job back to Tart. All right, we're just not going to give it back to Tart. That was good. That was good by them. Don't just give it back to him. But what, is that, what that does is that opens up the window to say, well, we haven't named Talano, Hufunga, a starter or anything like that, but we just get to, you know, watch him a little bit more because sometimes there's guys that are just football players and you want to see what type of football plays is the guy who is going to make, is he going to be able to adjust? Is he going to be able to understand where his weaknesses are and how to kind of cover them up? That's the key. So far, you know, he got beat one game Thought he came back. Didn't notice him get beat against the uh, LA Rams. So like what I'm seeing, but uh, here we go. I'm going to get some callers on real quick before we get our guy, Ponte on, got Gabriel on first. What's good, Gabriel? And you don't got hey. to talk about Hufunga. You can talk about whatever you whatever you want. All right. Thank you. Hey, Croc, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. That's good. Um, I think I want to see the Niners play more nickel because we don't get enough pressure on on the defensive line. Um, and and all, all our cornerbacks, our best cornerbacks, K1, um, K1, Norman, and probably Demo are that's probably like their strengths, or like their strengths are you know, like could probably be used better in like a nickel package. What do you right. think, Ross? Uh... Yeah, I think, and I'm gonna get you off. I appreciate you uh calling in, Gabriel. And then I got I'm gonna get to some of the next callers, but yeah, nah, uh, you have to figure out how to mask not having a great pass rush right now. And in the 49ers pass rush, for everything that everybody thinks the secondary is, I think it's actually flipped. The pass, ru- the secondary is better than the pass rush, <laughs> the secondary is better than the pass rush, and that's that's a problem because in the NFL. The way these offenses are now, they're spread out. They've made it so much easier to throw the ball around. You need a good pass rush. And it can't be that way. You got one guy that is obviously balling. You got Nick Bosa. Outside of that, you're not getting anything from anybody else. So everybody thinks the secondary is so much the issue. The pass rush is the issue. They're not getting no pressure. And that's been something that's consistent. Maybe going to nickel would help. They're gonna to have to start to rely on maybe sending guys, sending extra guys, and 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 maybe playing tighter coverage on the back end, a little bit more man coverage. But again, that makes you a little bit more vulnerable. They're gonna to have to start sending guys though. My guy Darius, what's good, man? How you doing,
1: man? What's going on? Top of the morning, crop Top of the morning, uh, on the fans. Morning. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So with a finger, with a fanga. Excuse me, fanga. I feel like, man. Just let him get back there with a vet like Jimmy, and he's straight. He's gonna put in the work this offseason. That's that's no doubt in my mind. I, I feel like, like you said, he's a competitor. You can see it in him. He got that spirit. Uh, hopefully with Tart, if we can get a late round draft pick, that'd be dope. You know, cause um, in my in my in my mind, I feel like we might not be on a rebuild, but we we are definitely on a on a restart as far as So many players are leaving, man. And um, I want to bring it back to to what you said yesterday about, uh, about Debo. I don't want to pay him yet. I want to see him do it one more year because Bosa has to get paid too. And, you know, I don't know what the market is for him, but those are two contracts that we really don't have to force ourselves into right now if we could just pick one out of the other and um, you know, use that cap space. Hopefully they get rid of Jimmy, use use that cap and 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 grab some veterans. Man, we need some some lockdown corners. At least one. I like Mosley, you know what I'm saying? Mosley's dope. But get somebody that that can stand on the other side of Mosley for sure. Uh you know, Al Shazir, he stepped up so so much. It's damn near like, you know, she, you know. Greenlaw's kind of expendable to a point, you know, because the health situation and, um, yeah, man, just the way that the, that the Niners are going, you know, give the rookies a time to develop, especially Trey. Please don't be hard on Trey next year. Expecting him to go to the Super Bowl when this man has not even seen garbage time, and that's crazy to me, but it is what it is on that. You know what I'm saying? But it's like. Let, let, let them, let them have time to develop, you know, Jalen Moore is dope. Um, I still got faith in Aaron Banks. Cause I remember what he was doing in college. Uh, and I was telling my cousin this the other day, you know, like football is bigger than just what you see on, on TV is, is more than just these guys are just bumping into each other. Like there's technique involved. There's like a real system. There's a count involved, you know what I'm saying? Everything is about timing and, um, Another thing I want to say, too, because just in case he's listening, Debo is the best right now. He might not be top nothing. I wouldn't give him that either. He ain't top nothing. But this season, he is the best right now, man, because everybody knows what he's doing. It's the same old slants. okay, fine, whatever. But until you, you can stop him, he's, he's doing his thing, man. So I want to tip my hat off to that. I love Elijah Mitchell. And uh, hashtag free to trades, man. We starving for uh, playing time, man. Free to <laughs> trades. We hungry out here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But thank yeah. you though, Croc. Man, y'all have a good day, man. All
0: right, all right. Appreciate you, Darius. Uh, one thing he said, I saw somebody comment about it. All right, he talked about uh, getting a late round pick for Tart, and uh, somebody was like, "Hey, the trade deadline's passed. You can't get anything for Tart." And I'm assuming he was talking about getting a comp pick for him. So you still, you know, if Tart gets signed in free agency. Uh, and get you know gets a certain amount of money, then you can get a comp pick for Jacwinski Tart. Here we go, got my guy Roscoe's. What's good, man? How you doing?
2: What's up, Croc? Uh, happy Thursday, man. Happy it's Thursday. It's almost Friday. It's
0: almost what, what's Friday. What's your touch on the whole uh, Hufunga thing,
2: bro? You already know my thoughts. You've been on my thoughts. Uh, these people <laughs> are a bunch of weirdos. First off, I want to say this: fans got to stop talking about. I don't want to pay someone like it's their money. Debo and Bosa will both get paid when the Niners see when the Niners feel like it's time. We don't have any money. Like, I don't have any money. I can't say I'm not gonna play this player. I don't wanna pay this player. We sound like owners too much, and we need to stop sounding like owners. We are fans, we need to be pro players, not pro-owners. I, I you're talking about, I don't want to pay somebody like you show money, but anyway, let me go to Hufunga. his name is Hufunga. I told Grant about this too stop saying Hufanga, Hufaha, it's Hufunga. First off, <laughs> Hufunga was an all American at USC, he started as a freshman, wasn't even expected to start as a freshman, worked his way up, and became an all American his final year produced crazy uh, numbers and and only played like only played five games or six games playmaker. He was a playmaker there now because his lack of athleticism, he was a fifth round pick. Another thing, fans, please stop comparing him or trying to compare him to Troy Palomalu. Jesus. These are two different players. Troy Palomalu was a, first-round pick. He, he's one of the best safeties of all time. Hall of Famer. Ran a 4-3. He had a good vertical. <laughs> this dude was insane. His athleticism is 10 times what Hufunga athleticism is. The reason why people compare him is because they both Polynesian. They both went to USC. They both got long hair, and he's mentoring Hufunga. Folks got to stop that. Stop. Just because you see people, same same ethnicity or same hair length, same this, same that. Stop comparing that. You got to look at the game and compare the game. Now, one thing that he may have of Troy Palomalu is instinct. And let's talk about instinct because instinct can make up for a lack of speed. Play recognition can make up for a lack of speed. As y'all seen when he broke up that one pass. It wasn't about speed, it was him seeing the play before it happened and boom, snap and make a play. Folks got it. and then what makes a player overrated? What makes a player overrated? Because fans are excited to see him or because pre-draft y'all didn't like him and y'all wanted somebody else and then the Niners got him and now and y'all didn't expect him to see see uh uh y'all didn't expect him to start and now he's getting snaps, take and he's taking snaps away from you all favorite player who's never healthy, who's never ever finished a season ever in his life. Folks gotta stop it. I mean, the hate, like y'all, y'all beg for rookies to play. Y'all beg for rookies to play. Y'all, y'all be like, oh my god, Ambry Thomas needs to play, uh, Diamondor Lenore needs to play, Trey Lance needs to play. Uh, Trey Sermon needs to play, and then when they play, and a mistake happen, y'all start going in on them, talking about their are buzz, they're this, they're that. You know my slogan: Let rookies grow, and we need to start letting rookies grow, and stop, and and stop trying to to bash them for one bad play. Hufunga had had, I don't even want to call it a bad game. He had two bad plays. One where he couldn't tackle tackle Connor and Connor just blew past him. And then a the one where uh Kirk ran right past him. Other than that, he's played very solid. And again, he's a rookie. Guess what? Guess what happens? Now, this not all rookies, but there are some rookies who's gonna get in there, who's gonna learn from their mistakes, and they're gonna get better. And guess who's mentoring him? Troy Palomalu. Who look? I'm gonna tell you this story. Taylor Mays came up to USC. He was like, you know, I was looking at the players, whatever. There was one guy who kept coming up to me, kept asking me questions, kept picking my brain, talking to me. Who would have guessed who that was? Talano Hufunga. He's like, <laughs> that guy's gonna be. That guy's gonna be it one day. Talano Hufunga's smarts is gonna take him far in this game. Is his worth His worth ethic is gonna take him far in this game. Thanks, Crocky.
0: All right, All I don't right. Even call I you like Crocky it.
2: most of the time, but yeah. All right, Crock, I'm out of here. <laughs> All
0: right, yeah. Roscoe's game boy, my dog Chris. He, I knew he had something on his mind. We got a Pioneer coming in. Dang, did I say that right? I like. Yeah, you I, did. I, What What do you think about what what Chris just said?
3: I I think I agree with it. I really do because um I honestly don't know what exactly that means is overrated because you know um. I, I can't really think of an overrated player off the top of my head, but I don't think of Hufanga as really overrated. I just think that uh, people are just really excited for him, you know, and and I think it's, it has something to do with what Roscoe was saying, you know, that, that whole – I think there is some fans that, that don't really look deeper into, you know, who he really is. They just want to say that, oh, he reminds me of Troy Polamalu, and you have that crowd – you have the whole crowd of, of people just saying that, you know, the, uh, like, I don't think that we hated Tart. I just think that we didn't like the fact that he was always healthy and he didn't have turnovers maybe. So I'm assuming that the, there are certain things like that where, you know, it, it goes into play where you, you want to see uh, Hufanga be successful. You know, like we had George Kittle be a late round success. You know, I think that the same thing with Hufanga, they they maybe see him in the same light as a George Kittle kind of pick. Um, And for me, you know, I honestly don't know how to judge him just yet because I did see a bad play from him in the last game, too, where he got beat. And I think it was uh, Mosley who almost got the interception. I forgot who the hell it was, man. It was on the right side of the field. I don't know if it was a streak or not, but there was a play where I think he he did get beat and Mosley um, pretty much saved his ass on that play and, and it was almost an interception. I need to go back and watch it, though. Uh, oh, but, are you
0: talking on the, about the play where Mosley almost got the interception and Hufunga yeah. came back out of his hands? Yeah. That, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So you're saying like it was a deep corner route and you're saying you like go. Hufunga wasn't in good position, but luckily uh, Mosley was coming from underneath and in position to pick it off.
3: Yeah, exactly. That play, exactly. Yeah. And And to me, you know, I look at those things a little more in depth because I, I, the reason why I look at those things is because it's not that I'm trying to shit on a player. It's because I need to look at the worst things to judge them with, to be fair. You know, like you need to critique someone's game because you know that, that you want to see the progression of them as a player. You know, you're not judging them because you, you just hate them. You're judging the bad things about them. So that way you, you can see the evolution of them as they grow. Like like Fred Warner this year, I mean, he hasn't played up to what I think he can. It's not because I hate him. It's because he just hasn't played up to what I believe he can play as, as that Mike Backer, you know. And, and a lot of people might get mad at me, but I, I think it's embarrassing when people are putting, you know, um, hashtag Pro Bowl and then they put Fred Warner. It's like, are you guys serious, dude? Like, stop being such a damn homer. Fred Warner does not deserve a Pro Bowl vote at all this year, at least in my opinion, you know. And to me, you know, when I look at someone's game, you have to look at both sides. What do they do good? What do they do bad? Don't listen to, to Twitter and everything like that when it comes to hyping somebody up. But I will say, Hufanga did have a good game other than that play that I that I did mention earlier that you were talking about. So yeah. that, that's how I feel about Hufanga. And, and I think that we need a, we need to hold on to see who he really is. There's a lot of games left in the regular season. And who knows, maybe next season he could be even better. We just still have to wait and to judge his game. And I don't know what the hell overrated really means, honestly. I, I, don't, I don't know. But either way. Um, and, and, and one more thing I would do want to say. This team isn't done as far as uh, getting out of this hole that they dug themselves in. I get it that the last game, you know, was really good. And, and, and we do need to be happy about that as fans. I think that you can't just be negative all the time. That is true. But the thing is that we still need to have in the back of our minds that, you know, they're not they're not done just yet. There's still a lot of football left to be played and they have to they have to uh, step up to the plate. You know, so, Kyle, you're you're trust me, boy, you're, you're not done as far as like getting some criticism. You have to get you have to win these games. And then we can say that, you know what, you proved me wrong or you proved us wrong or the people that are non-believers, because I'm not a faithful. I think that that's, I don't know. I, I, I don't really care for the marketing scheme of whatever a faithful is. You know, All I know is I'm a Niner fan that's realistic as can be, and I try not to be biased, but I will call it out if I see it, Kyle. So um, that's just how I feel for now, Croc. Um, right. and, and I think that we can't just judge people off of, what, two, three, getting that not, nah, dude. You have to wait, and then in the off-season we could rightfully look at all the film, and put into place what what we think of them, you know? That's just how I think of it. And uh Rot Roscoe's Roscoe uh is really telling some truth there too when he is talking about him. And um yeah, nothing more to say really.
0: I appreciate you coming on. I like call I think I think the one thing that that is tough for a guy like Lakhu like Funga, who is a fifth round pick. I think we're waiting, like, you know, like, I think it was Roscoe's or someone else was like, hey, like, come off season, like, he can even improve and get better. But when you're a fifth-round pick, you don't really have, like, that much opportunity. Like, this is his time now. When they don't invest a whole lot in you, like, you don't have hella chances to prove how good you could be. So, they're looking at him now, and this is his chance. Like, if Hufunga wants to be the starter next year, he has to hold on to it right now. He has to do the things that they're looking for right now. And again, you're a fifth-round pick. You don't have as much opportunity as other guys so if he could show right now that hey i can be the starter moving forward then they won't have to spend high draft capital on safety but if he shows that he has these limitations and oh man people can start picking on him and, or attacking him in certain ways and like they're not going to wait to see what he's going to be next year because he worked hard on the offseason they're going to be like uh let's go get that safety from michigan or let's go get that you know what i'm saying they're going to start looking to see how they can improve that position right away. So that's a tough thing. And I do think that the safety, just looking at how teams are attacking the 49ers, they're not really attacking the outsides. They're attacking linebackers. They're attacking safeties. So, you know, as long as he tightens that part up, he'll be good to go. If he can't, then yeah, the safety position is, is pivotal in coverage now, especially with how teams are trying to scheme against guys. Uh, I got my guy Eddie in here. He said, What's good, Croc? Sorry, I'm late. Busy work day. Smash that like button. Only 44 likes. Come on. Run those likes up, baby. Run those likes up. Eddie is a real estate agent, right? I don't want to get that wrong. He works in real estate. Okay, i said say that. Uh, and he listens to this while he's at work. So shout out to everybody that's at work right now and tuning into the show. I really appreciate that. Got my guy Chris here. Funger broke up a pass and INT. If Mosley weren't there, it would have been a PBU. All right. So. I see what he's saying. He's basically saying, hey, you could say that maybe Hufunga was 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 beat or whatever, but the fact that Mosley was there to get the interception and Hufunga was able to knock the ball out of his hands, he's saying he would have been able to make a play on the ball whether uh, Mosley was there or not. I like that. I like that. Here we go. Uh, Want pop Chart to be a thousand percent. Let Funga start for now. No, I don't even think it's a like start for now thing. I think it's is more of uh is he gonna be the guy moving forward? Like that's what they're looking for. I, I don't even think it has anything to do with if Tart is a hundred percent or not. The way that coaches look at it, if you're playing, you're a hundred percent. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at you got uh, Elijah Mitchell, you know, he's had banged up ribs, they just ran on 27 times. Like, if you're on the field, you're healthy. That's how coaches are gonna look at it. All right, so. Tart, if he's active, they're going to assume he's healthy. So if you go out there and you see him not playing, it's not going to be because they don't think he's healthy. It's going to be because they want to see what Hufanga can do for them. Appreciate the contribution. Fact, Croc, uh, if he fails, then we go get a safety. Yeah, and, w- and when we say fails, it doesn't mean that like, just because he doesn't, like, hold the job down, he doesn't have starting ability, it just might take a little bit longer. The only issue is, in the NFL, things move fast, right? It's fluid movements with everything. So, we can look at it like, you know, all oh, day, okay, here, there, they might want him to improve in certain areas. And he can't improve those things over the offseason. Just the tough thing is, in the NFL, you don't have much opportunity to really show that. And that's the, that's the tough part about it. Appreciate everybody that's in here right now. Got my guy Dion coming on next. Dion, what's good?
4: What's good with you, Crocky? Good morning, brother. How you doing?
0: Good morning, man. I'm chilling. I'm chilling.
4: That's Kevin. good. That's good. So what? what's going on, man? Who People out here just, just trying to beat up, telling on Hufunga, man. What, what, what is with people? Uh,
0: I think a lot of 49ers fans are excited to watch Hufunga. Mm-hmm. And the excitement... Maybe has turned like into like a certain level of expectation, and there mm-hmm. are people trying to shoot that down like and, and say that he's overrated. I saw the tweets. But...
4: Look, look at it like this. What do the 49ers hit on since John Lynch has been the GM? Where are their picks that they find that seem to be gems in the fifth round? In the later rounds. Our first, second and third round picks usually don't turn out to be overly fantastic players. We have Debo Samuel, second-round pick, nice guy, awesome. Nick Bosa, great first year, injured second year, having a really good third year. Um, Javon Kinlaw, so-so first year, out for the season. So our later-round picks are where we hit in general. So, you know, it, it, with the rookie, have rookie expectations. Don't expect it to be perfect coming out the gate. That just doesn't happen. It's rare that it does happen. And he's learning on the job. That's the only way you learn. Um, I would like Tart to take the extra time off if he needs to. You know what I'm saying? If, if he's not, and I understand what you mean by if you're on the field, you're 100%. But the thing is, Kyle Shanahan said it in his, his uh, interview yesterday. Tart doesn't automatically get the starting job back. Like Hufung has been playing very well. And yes, we love Tart. We appreciate what he's done. But Chris is right. He's never finished a full season. He just is not. Those are facts. That's not something, you know, that's not hating on a person. Let's just tell you the truth of it. And Hufunga has played very well. And if you have a mentor like Troy Palamalu, I see no reason why we should be afraid of what this kid's development can continue to be. I like Hufunga. I think he's going to be a, a really good safety in the NFL, especially with that kind of tutelage. And that just shows you that the Tongan community, that the Polynesian community sticks together. And that's what you need. You need someone to mentor you. Like I remember when Dwight Howard was a, was a Laker and Kareem offered to help him out and school him on some things. And Dwight was like, nah, I don't need your help. Bruh, this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the man with the dopest sky hook you've ever seen in your life. And you're turning down him offering you help? Come on, people, you got to be smarter than that. So when you already have someone tutoring you and allowing you to continue to progress, and you can pick their brain, and they can watch the games and say, hey, I saw this, you might want to go here. I saw that, you might want to go there. Whatever the case may be, you just appreciate it. But don't put such high expectations on young rookies when they're doing all that they can and they're learning on the fly. The guy has better game speed than he does 40 times, and he has you know, pretty good knowledge of, uh, on the field. And that's right. I honestly looking at that play and remembering it from watching it, it looks like he would have still caught up to that dude and made a pass breakup had Mosley not been there, because he did pretty much knock the ball out of Mosley's hand, which hurt. Because I was really banking on him getting an INT after he dropped the first one that he had. Um, but he ate. He laid the hammer down on on I forgot who it was. Somebody caught the ball. He came through and put that hit on him, and they dropped that joint. Um, but. You know, it, it's it's a situation where you have to always give people time to develop. Like Trey Lance hasn't played this year. So people expect rookie mistakes next year. Do not expect because he sat that he's going to come out and be Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was an anomaly. It does not always work where people sit and they wind up going to, uh, you know, play in the NFL and they just come out and be stars. You, it, It's rare. You know what I mean? Sometimes people they just start and it looks great. Look at Mac Jones. He started from the jump and hey, they six and four. They rolling. You know, they trying to challenge the Bills for the, the top spot in the uh, AFC East. Um, and it, it is what it is. So you gotta allow people time to develop and you can't put such high expectations on them because they're still learning. The NFL game speed is way different than the college speed. And what's happening in the end of talent you're going against is going to be way greater. You know, I remember the, the, I remember him. I, said, I think Chris mentioned Taylor Mays, you know, the issue with Taylor Mays, he was always thinking that the big hit was going to stop everybody. And that don't work like that in the NFL. People will bounce off you like a ping pong ball. Don't believe me. Just look at the previous game. We just played. IU bounced off three players before they tackled him. When he caught that ball over the middle. Why? When you get to this league, You got to be able to bounce off those hits. You can't just allow one smack to knock you down, especially if a guy isn't wrapping up. So everybody out there trying to put, you know, put those high expectations on Hufunga, look at it like this. When you did your first job, were you perfect at it? Were you great at it? Probably not. You had to learn. And when you're learning and progressing, you just take your lumps. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if uh, the guy who who gave you a contribution, he's in real estate. He didn't walk into real estate and know everything. It took him some time, and I guarantee, I guarantee you, he learned the game. And now he's most likely succeeding. And I hope that that brother is succeeding and doing very well. And it's not to say that he isn't. I'm just saying that there's a growth process in any and everything in life, and you must be smart about it. You gotta allow people to grow. And when they're playing football, I know we have high expectations. You know, but uh, with Pi, I'm, I'm with Pi North. This is one game. We can appreciate it. We love it. But honestly, I'm like the players right now. I'm on the Jacksonville. We got a defense that we really need to be worried about. I have an offense that, to me, is completely suspect. Um, and that that that's my thoughts on that. I really want us to continue to roll. And then, you know, I think we come back home and play the Vikings, and we got to hope that Kyle isn't out there, you know, mingling with his his girlfriend, Kirk Cousins, too much you know, telling him how much he loves him and how he misses him and stuff like that. And I know I always joke about that, but Kyle did have a love affair with Kirk Cousins, man. That was that was on display. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I, let, let Hufunga grow, man. Let, let, let him be. Don't don't put over high expectations on him and, and allow him to be able to progress. I think he's doing a wonderful job, and I feel like he's going to continue to get better as time progresses, man. And like like I said, Kyle said, hey, you know, he doesn't doesn't automatically just walk back into the starting lineup. That could be a screen because Kyle lies. He lies a lot. But you never know, man. Hufunga may be, you know, uh, D'Amico might be looking going, hey, man, Hufunga be balling. We might work you into the game so we don't wind up injuring you. But it, the kid's doing his dang, man. He's doing his job. And I think that the, the one thing I'll say, because I know I got to get out of here, Jimmy Ward. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming back and calling that team meeting. See, everybody said, oh, we don't, you know, we have a bunch of leaders on this team. Oh, we don't, you know, no one needs to yell at us. Jimmy Ward came in there and ripped him a brand new one. I guarantee you he did. At the beginning of the season, people remember what he said in his interview before the season started. If I got to be an asshole, I got to be an asshole. He came in there. He's like, I'm healthy. I'm about to be that asshole. I'm going to hold all of y'all accountable. I'm going to go out there and show and prove on top of it, and you guys are going to get out here and play with me. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of, you know, walking out there with the home fans looking at us like why we pay all this damn money for all this paraphernalia and these seats and y'all can't even give us a win. We got to be able to go home happy about something. So I think Jimmy Ward was what was the leader that we were missing, and he went in there and told that defense we need to get it together because we've been sticking up the joint, and this is unacceptable. And He did it the way. That it needs to be done that got through to. Him. But uh thank you for having me on croc. Nothing but love, peace and love to you, brother man. And and, and continue to keep doing. How's the uh how's the facility coming along?
0: Uh shoes. I but well, today's the 18th. They yes. say that the build is supposed to be here by the 23rd. So uh we'll okay. see. But y'all know, y'all be hey. the first ones to know because I keep y'all up. Yeah, yeah, we
4: got hey man, you gotta you got you gotta do. Uh, uh, once everything gets set up, man, you and Wi-Fi right up in there, man. You got to take us on a tour around that joint, man.
0: Yeah. I'm
4: happy for you, yeah. brother. I really am. Congrats, and believe y'all. you me, if I was in Arkansas, I'd go up in there purposely just just to just to see the <laughs> facility, man, and kick back and just look and go, man. This is this is an accomplishment yeah. of a young brother who started from nothing, came from Stockton, went to our, you know, went out there to Arkansas and and, and made made a living for himself, man. Very proud of you, brother. You know what I'm saying? Continue to do great things.
0: Appreciate you, man. That's what's up. All right. All right. That's my guy, Dion. Uh, Real quick. Uh, if Jimmy makes the playoffs, do we trade him? There's an edge rusher named Kayvon Thibodeau in this year's draft. They, uh, they will be prepared one way or another. Um, first of all, like you know, 49ers have no chance at Thibodeau. <laughs> like, he is likely going number one overall. Uh, he's probably going to be a top pick. So uh, Jimmy, ain't hey, you're not getting that in return. As far as Jimmy Garoppolo, I think I think there's different levels to it, right? I think you have to ask yourself, like, what, what would Jimmy have to do to be able to, uh, you know, be here even next year? And I think he'd have to, like, win a Super Bowl. Like, or I don't even think win a Super Bowl. I think if Jimmy leads you to the NFC championship game and you could see, like, damn, like, we wouldn't have got here without him. I think at that point there's a, there's an opportunity. There's, there's a possibility that Jimmy will be there next year. I don't, I think it's highly unlikely if I had to put a percentage on it right now, I'd say there's like a 2% chance that Jimmy Garoppolo is here next year. Like it it would take some extreme things to happen um, for him to be there. And even, I mean, you look at the 49ers playoff run uh, in 2019. I mean, you know, it wasn't like he played great against the Vikings. You know, obviously, you know he only threw eight passes against the Packers, so uh, you know he was a part of a team, but he like he wasn't the reason. So uh, I, I'm curious to see how they you know try to figure that whole thing out. But again, there are people that talked about it. I think Steve Young said it as well. When you keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the team, when you kept him this offseason, awesome, you decide to do that. You left the, you left the door open for all these different possibilities when it could have been nipped in the butt early. So uh, I don't know what Kyle's going to do. We'll see. But I do think it's a slim chance he's here next year. All right, here we go. Last caller, last caller before we get my guy Jason Aponte on. All right, coming on now, the one, the only, Ricky Williams. I mean, uh, Ryan, Ryan, what's good with you, man? How you doing? Good morning.
5: Oh, uh, man. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, man. you <laughs> come. The Ricky. Good morning. <laughs> what's up, man? Um, I'm going to keep up with the topic, everybody fango Um I think a lot of people are realizing that this sounds like a John Lynch move where he kept talking about turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And I think Hufanga brings that, the smarts, the wittiness, that um, instinctive ability to say, hey, I'm a game changer. I can create turnovers. And I think he know that that defense needs it. And that allowed him the opportunity to say, hey, Tart, you know, you may be healthy or on the way back. Sit down. This guy has the ability to not only bring swagger, he hard hitting, but he also has the ability to maybe make something happen in the backfield. And so I think him and Jimmy's ability and experience to communicate extremely well gives that rookie even more confidence to say, "Hey, you do your thing. I got you on the back end, or I got you on the sidelines, or I got you where you may mess up. Jimmy will um, reinforce his instincts to go out there and play ball." And I think John Lynch knows that. And, you know, D'Amico Ryan's knows that, and they talked about in the secondary, and I believe they know this can help prepare the team, you know, in the next half of the, um, of the season.
0: Yeah, nah, you know, I, I agree. And, again, some of it you have to start looking for, right, like at, at some point it, where you can without sacrificing, you know, uh, the well being of the team, of the defense. So, you know, you look at the situation with Hufunger and Jacqueline Tart, and Tart's a good football player. Like, I love Tart. I love the way he plays. Uh, I would like to see him get more takeaways. And that's been my thing with Jimmy Ward as well. I, I've been the main one banging on the table that these two guys are good safeties. They're good football players. When they're not on the field, you miss them. Right. But, okay, yeah. we can get better with the takeaways, things like that. I think as far as Tart goes, and uh, areas where, you know, he's good at and things like that. Funga and I don't know Tart. Tart is looked at as like a box safety. He he's not just that. Like Tart is, he could be too high. He can be single high. He could be in the box. He you could play him in that linebacker role. You could play him at nickel. Like Tart is extremely versatile, and he's somebody that ultimately like his versatility will be missed. But at some point, you have to start planning for the future. Ward and Tart are pushing thirty years old. Uh, Tart is this is the last year of his contract, and I mean he was one guy that came back so. Yeah, man, I think uh this this them pushing to the play Hufunga. They want to see like can he be the guy? And I like that they left the door open. They didn't just outright name Hufunga to start or Tart the starter. It's just like, hey, you know, we don't gotta rush Tart back. You know, take your time. Take your time, Tart. So I like that.
5: Yeah, and also just want to say I predict Hufunga gonna have a sack on the board Trevor Lawrence a sack. coming up game. A sack he'll come in on the edge like a he's a, 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 a missile. You know, Even yeah. like T Lauren, so watch what I tell you. But yeah, man, go on here, get punte on there. I'm ready to watch y'all, man. Hold it down, all right? Not a nation. Let's go. All right.
0: Appreciate you, Ricky Williams. I mean, my dog Ryan. <laughs> Ryan always comes on. Speaking that good. Real quick, wanted to get to this comment here. This morning show is my new morning radio during my community. Sorry, 106. Yeah, forget KML, man. Forget KML playing their little morning music and all that. You know what I'm saying? We live right here. Crock uh, Talk TV, Frontline Sports Media. Appreciate you, my dog Brandon Vincent. Let's go. I know that that uh, tra- that commute in the morning, especially in the Bay Area, it could be a little crazy, man. It could be a little crazy. But y'all been waiting for this. With no further ado, I'm bringing my guy Jason on. If you haven't already, if you like this show, hit that like button. If you're new to the show and you like it, hit that subscribe button. Underdog Fantasy promo code Crocky. It's not just a fantasy football app. Uh, You can bet on props, over-unders, things like that. Download the app right now. Download the app for your boy, Underdog Fantasy or UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code Crocky. Do that right now. man. Do that right now. The merchandise is coming. I see my dog, k Crock, you got them beanies now? The beanies, they're on the way. So I'm going to have the beanies, I'm going to have the flat bill hats, and the dad hats. So um, they'll be here next week. As soon as they're here, trust me, y'all would know. And I don't have, like, hell of them. I have um, 12, 12, 12 flat bill, twelve dad hats, twelve beanies. So once they're gone, they go. On, they go <laughs> All right, maybe I'll flip it and get some more if 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 they go like super fast and a lot of people you know want them or whatever you know we'll do that. But I appreciate you asking about that, man. The beanies are coming. I did post that to Instagram. All right, here we go. My dog Aponte he been chilling waiting this whole time. Somebody said Ponte is overrated.
6: <laughs> About time. I was waiting for somebody to say that already.
0: He was joking. It's our dog, rich. Rich is always in here. Rich is a good guy. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, um, here we go. So we're going to come on here. I know a lot of you have fantasy football teams. Um, my dog says $60 a hat exclusive. I, I ain't charging no on $60 for the hat. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but, uh, Everybody, I know everybody in here, most people, probably 90% of people in the chat right now have fantasy football teams. So we're going to get into fantasy football. And obviously I'll ask you some 49ers related questions as it pertains to uh, players on the 49ers, Brandon, Ayut, uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell, you know, guys like that. But uh, you guys go ahead, get your questions in now. All right. All in the chat. And uh, Aponte is our, uh, he's our resident fantasy football expert. All right, so I want to get the first question off. And when it comes to Ayuk and fantasy football, is he somebody that you would sit or start? Because what kind of it's hard to know like what is his role in this team. You see him starting to head in the right right direction, have four catches and a touchdown just a week ago, and then all of a sudden, two two catches in a game against the LA Rams. His usage seems to be kind of up and down. Do you think that's something that will be consistent, or do you think they will start to get him more involved?
6: I think it really comes down to what you think the 49ers are going to do and how the game's going to go. And what we saw last week with the Rams was run the ball 40 times, limited throws, and Brandon Ayuk gets in where he fits in. In games like that, if you're predicting a game where the 49ers are going to be doing that, or they're not going to be having to chase points or having to put points on the board, then Brandon Ayuk's the one that I think actually falls by the wayside. Because you know they're going to get Debo involved. He's a must start. Don't even ask questions about Debo Samuel. If you have him on your team, you start him every single week that he's out there. Same goes with George Kittle. He's in that hierarchy of the top end end tight ends. But if it's a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars that we think the 49ers are just going to run the ball, take the time off the clock, not really uh, worried that Jacksonville is going to light them up or put up points or anything like that, so the 49ers won't have to throw the ball a ton, then, yeah, this is the week that I'm probably going to sit Brendan Ayuk. I'm going to try. I mean, obviously, sometimes you don't have a choice, right? You don't maybe have a better option. In that case, then you might have to play him. But if you have better options, you know, and I'd love to hear if guys have Brendan Ayuk, who else you have, because I can, you know, better gauge that way. But, I mean, I think this week I have him as a sit, because it just feels like the 49ers kind of found something last week getting back to their identity, running the ball. And I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are exactly going to light it up on offense. I think the 49ers will be able to keep this game close or in terms of like the game's going to be much closer than people think. Like this isn't going to be a straight up like 41 to 10. I would love to, love to, to be like that, you know, but I, I just don't think it will. Um, I just think that Jacksonville is playing pretty well, actually. They just beat the Bills. They just played the Colts to the gun um so their defense is actually pretty good so I just think that the 49ers are going to stick to their game plan a run 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 and Brandon Ayuk is the guy that's going to suffer unfortunately but in games that you feel like they have to score points or they're going to have to fight back and chase points and things like that then Brandon Ayuk is somebody you want to play but this week I'm going to try to stay away from him
0: you know you're talking about the 49ers game plan and what they want to do and obviously if they're able to do what they did last year and that's going to mean something for not just uh you know Elijah Mitchell but you know, our guy, uh, uh, Jeff Wilson as well, especially with Wilson having, you know, a little bit of a finger issue. They say it's no issue. But um do you think that the 49ers will be able to run the ball 44 times again? Because I think that's the thing, right? When we look at uh, Brandon Ayuk and the people have him or if they want to play him, you look at Ayuk and how like his lack of targets maybe is a direct correlation of the 49ers being able to run the ball 44 times you think they'll be able to run that amount of times again?
6: I don't know if they'll be able to put up 44, but if they run the ball 30, 35 times, um, then it's going to be tough because Brandon Ayuk's going to have to be extremely efficient with his catches, and he's going to have to make plays. And again, I just feel like he's the third option when it comes to the passing game. It's I it's it's Debo, it's Kittle, and then it's um, Ayuk, unfortunately. So I, I just. This week, I'm just hesitant to play him. That's all. If you have better options, there's guys that are that you know we can name that I think are our sleepers this week. Um, I've got them all right here. Um, that that you know necessarily aren't starters. Like put it like this. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but in a PPR league, I would lean towards playing a Hunter Renfro this week over a Brandon Ayuk just because he gives you that mm. solid PPR floor, and you know Derek Carr is gonna light him up with targets, especially now with uh, with you know guys out of the way. It's it's literally just gonna be Waller and Renfro. That's one. Darnell Mooney might be somebody that I'm looking at this week that I would play over Brandon Ayuk because Allen Robinson's dealing with a hamstring injury, and Justin Fields and him have it going. The, even when Robinson was in there, they have it going. So if Mooney's the only game in town, I would much rather play Mooney against the Ravens than I would Ayuk against the Jaguars. And one more name, and it's the same same game, Rashad Bateman, who's becoming quickly Lamar Jackson's one of his best targets and his favorite targets, six targets in each game, 80 yards last week. I mean, he got them all in garbage time, but whatever. It's fantasy football. Who cares? It's really the hierarchy of Hollywood, Bateman, and and Andrews right now because Sammy Watkins came back last week and it didn't stop anything. So, I mean, those are guys that right now, because of their game script and because of the way that they've been playing, I would lean towards playing over Brandon Ayuk just this week alone.
0: All right, here we go. So I have uh, our guy, Master Farah, he says, I stashed Sermon just in case. Are you over the whole Trey Sermon thing? Because I actually have him stashed on a team as well, but it seems like each week he's getting pushed down more and more on the 49ers depth chart as it pertains to the running backs. You know, you have, obviously, Elijah Mitchell. He's getting the bulk of the carries. They brought in Jeff Wilson. He gets a bunch of carries. They also have, uh, you know, our guy, uh, Hasty, Michael Hasty, who's getting touches uh, before – Sermon. So is Sermon somebody that we should just kind of forget about as it pertains to fantasy football?
6: I mean, if he's on your roster this week and let's just say Elijah Mitchell doesn't play, then I would hold him just to see what happens. But I, I something had to happen behind the scenes with Trey Sermon, right? Like he had to do something that they're not telling us about. I mean, he either popped off in a meeting or like, you know, or didn't come to a meeting. I don't know, something right. Right. It, it can't just be, ah oh, well, he's not playing well because we've seen for a fact that that's not true when he was given the chance you know, started slowly against the Packers, but in the Seattle game, he was fine. And and even, Crock, we were at the Eagles game. Remember, he had like the biggest run of that game. Unfortunately, it ended up in a concussion, right? Like, but Sermon, yeah. you know, Sermon's not bad. It's not like he's a bad football player. So there's something else going on. If you have a shallow, more shallow league, right now at this point I I think he's droppable but if you want to see how this plays out let's just say we find out that the Elijah Mitchell thing is going to push him out I still think that that means Jeff Wilson is going to end up being the starter this week because the the trust factor is there but I would still hold on to Sermon just to see what happens if he starts to get it going you know how Shanahan likes that hot hand thing it's just the Elijah Mitchell thing seems like it's more than a trend it's more than a trend because every time he's he's healthy he's the guy and uh, I think that that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. But something had to happen behind the scenes with Sermon. I just, they're not telling us about it.
0: That's what I've been telling people. Cause I'm like, man, like everybody makes it seem like, oh, he just dances too much. It's like, no, he's been productive. He has ran well. Like that can't just be the issue because he, people think that he dances too much. When he has ran, he's averaging over four yards a carry. He's done well. He went from r- rushing for pretty much 90 yards, averaging over four yards of carry to getting one carry for seven yards, to being inactive for multiple games in a row. So it's not just because of his running style. There's There has to be something else to it that's contributed to his lack of really just involvement in the offense. You do have a question here uh, about some other receivers, Terry McLaurin or Tyler Lockett? Man,
6: man. It's really hard to trust Tyler Lockett at this point because he was stuck with Geno Smith. Right. And Russell Wilson came back and let's just call a spade a spade. He was awful. I mean, now, now whether that's rust um, and the Packers have a very good defense. Um, that's another thing that people are, are, are not understanding too, is that the Packers are really good on defense. I understand Kevin King gets a lot of crap for never getting interceptions. He finally got one and people were like popping champagne. It's a weird week, right? Jamal Adams, Kevin King, Jimmy Ward, long droughts get interceptions and it all happened in the same week. So um, in in this case, man, Washington plays who does Washington have this week? Goodness gracious. Let me look it up because I have it I have it uh in, in my notes. I just have to find it real quick. Um goodness gracious. If somebody could pull it up, um Washington plays uh, Sorry guys. I'm blanking out right here and that's no, not you're good. good. You're good. Uh, um god, I got to look it up. I'm sorry. Jesus. Um I mean, look, it doesn't get more much safer than Terry McLaurin, right? I mean, last week he went up against uh Tampa Bay and Obviously, you didn't get what you wanted from them. They won the game, but um, I don't know, man. It's I want to play Tyler Lockett, right? Because you know when he booms in those weeks, it wins you the week. But Terry hey, real quick, is...
0: Washington plays Carolina. Um, oh, okay,
6: out. okay, okay, okay. Ooh, Ron Rivera revenge game. Hmm. <laughs> um yeah you know revenge game's the narrative man um it, it depends on the format if it's ppr then i'm gonna go with mclaurin because he gives you that safe floor with a chance but carolina's defense is really good i'm just really scared as to what goes on with seattle is that a trend is that what's going on with with russell wilson because he looked very very bad last week very bad and i don't know if that was just rust the pa- the packers defense I don't know. Um, I'd like to try to stay away from him because Lockett is kind of underperformed and that obviously had to do a lot with Geno Smith. So I'm going to leave McLaurin here, Jesse. Uh,
0: we do have something here from our guy, Kenny. All right. And Kenny says, do you think we'll be able to run the ball like we did Monday? I feel like it was easy when we were up 14 and got two INTs. I feel like we've tried to run on teams like the Eagles and it didn't work too well. You know, I think this is something that kind of getting overlooked in this whole thing, right? Everybody feels like 49ers have found their identity. I don't want to be Debbie Downer or anything like that, but the 49ers had two interceptions in this game. They have not been able to take away the ball throughout this entire season, right? They've had very limited, probably one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to taking the ball away. Another thing the 49ers did extremely well that allowed them to run the ball as much as they did, they were super efficient on third downs. That was their best third down game. 49ers have been... Like second to last, or whatever, and he ended up fail on third downs. So, those are two things that are kind of an anomaly that allowed the 49ers to keep being able to run the ball and play ahead with the lead. Do we think that that's something that could be consistent now? Again, maybe it happens against Jacksonville, and I don't know, but again, like you said, I mean, Jacksonville is just coming off of a game where they did beat uh, the the Buffalo Bills, held the Buffalo Bills to six points. Uh, they are coming off a game where. It, you know they made it a run late against the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm I am still a little cautiously optimistic with how the 49ers won that game, and if that's something that's going to be you know a little bit more more consistent. So I like how what Gully says right here: one week at a time, one week at a time. They're gonna have to figure this out. Uh, let's see. Looking at some more of these. Uh, here we go. We got Metcalf or Thielen.
6: Man. So Minnesota this week, they have the let me see. I'm going to look that up right now because he's he's somebody that remember we talked about all offseason. They have greenback. OK, now does Justin Jefferson draw Jair Alexander all game? And, you know, Adam Thielen, it's so weird. Right. I talked about it. I was hammering it all offseason. Remember, Crack, when we were doing these shows, I yeah. want to stay away from Adam Thielen. I want to stay away from Adam Thielen because he gets all those points from touchdowns. Look up now, and he's the number 13 wide receiver, which is basically his ADP. Now, there's peaks and valleys, right? It's not consistent across the board. But he does get about 65 70% of his, of his points off of touchdowns. He's a red zone target magnet, right? Now, DK Metcalf, he went up against the same Green Bay defense. And obviously, it didn't really help with, uh, with you know Russell Wilson not playing so well. I think if you're looking for upside, you still have to play DK Metcalf. Because here's the thing. And why can't you play both, I think? Are you that loaded that you can't play both receivers? Like, I mean, who are your other options? Because that seems like a good thing. (laughs) Um, But I'll say this. This is the way that I kind of run my fantasy teams. What can you deal with? Can I deal with starting Adam Thielen and him giving you 14 points on one touchdown or maybe like three catches, something like that, and then looking on your bench and seeing that DK Metcalf went off for two touchdowns on 140 yards or something like that? I can't deal with that. I can't. So in that case, when I, when I kind of put that rule of thumb, it's like, what can you deal with? I can't deal with that. So I got to start DK Metcalf here, um, even though I just said to go away from Lockett. Um, I think that he, at least him, he's just too, his upside presents too much, I think, um, week to week. And Thielen has been just steady here and there, you know, big games or, or games uh, with touchdowns. That's really it. You're looking for that touchdown with Thielen. All
0: right. Let's see what other questions we have. See if it's the cards. And I am going to get into a little bit of underdog fantasy. Someone said McCaff is a diva. All right. We got to talk go about So, obviously me, I've been a big DK Metcalf fan. And I like his like attitude and the way that he approaches the game. I don't I don't look at him as a diva. I think he's uh, he starts stuff. And I think he does a good job, almost like uh, Jalen Ramsey, of getting in his opponent's head. And we've seen plenty of times now where he's gotten in guys' heads and has gotten guys either kicked out of the game or taken out of their own game, you know? So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't look at it like that. And, you know, I see another guy, he has an ego, but I'd say most guys have an ego. Like anybody that's really good at something, they typically have some level of an ego, right? And DK Metcalf, he's just this physical guy. That's his thing. He's going to talk trash. He has the size, he has the speed. He's going to impose his size on you. Um, He's just somebody that, I don't know, I, I like I like the way DK Metcalf, I like his approach to the game. Here we go. Uh, Debo, DK, Brown, McLaurin, rate and rank, real life, not fantasy. Oh, I want to hear this, Aponte.
6: Oh, all right. Not to be a prisoner of the moment, okay? Not to be a prisoner of the moment, because what Debo Samuel is doing is incredible, right? And obviously, you know, I'm a big Terry McLaurin fan. There is a world that, you know, like Marvel, what if? that the 49ers could have Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin on the same team. There's another world where that happens. Oh, man, this is hard. So right now, this year, um, if we're talking about this year, then it has to be Debo one at this point, because right now what he's doing, AJ Brown, DK uh, Metcalf, no, AJ Brown, McLaurin, and then Metcalf, only just because of Metcalf is kind of just stuck behind you know Geno Smith and all those guys but it can change I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment I really don't like that's the thing it's like it's weird man it's it's hard to rank them right now because it's all of what's in front of you right now and everybody's got you know all these uh you know pulling up the numbers it's not even close as Debo over all of these guys but you would ask this question last year I'm sure you would have got a completely different answer so that's what i'll stick with right now crack i'm, I'm interested to hear what you got to say because i think we talked about this right this was uh this was one of your i jumped on one of yours when you were like when you were just ranking wide receivers and i think i had it completely different than i have it right now um just based on you know obviously what we were seeing before so being being right now what we see in front of us is it's this so
0: okay so and this is tough because these guys especially the first three that you mentioned, I was really high on them. All right. All of them. So I, and I don't want to take the easy way out here. I've, I've all, I I have to go DK one. And I think there are a lot of people that would have like DK third, but I take DK one because again, I try to look at him and, and like just how much of a mismatch he is at all levels of the field. Uh, you know, especially depending on the quarterback right now. Also, you know, who's my quarterback? <laughs> you know, is do I have a quarterback that can stretch the field, throw the ball down, you know, down the field, um, hit all levels, and he's going to give this guy an opportunity to make his plays? Then I'm going with DK, number one. And then after that, I'm going with Debo. Because in that class, Debo is my wide receiver too. Then I'm going with A.J. Brown, then McLaurin. But I, I don't think you're wrong with any of these guys. You know, it's a lot of it, I believe, is like preference i think uh yeah it's all preference when when it comes to these guys man uh i like them all that that's a really tough question because i'm good with any of them i'm really good with any of them i see some people debo debo was my draft crutch uh i see some guys like uh brown more than dk i like them all and and you know the tough thing is they're, they're all so much different like i think aj brown and Debo Samuel, they're pro- they're pretty much kind of the same in the sense of how they win. It's not with, uh, you know, big separation or routes. A lot of it is positioning and run after catch. Those guys are kind of the same. But DK, he's just a different type of receiver, right? We're talking about 6'4", 230 pounds, runs in the four threes, and he plays like how you would think somebody with that type of physical capability plays. Um, Tarek McLaurin, he's the smaller of the four guys, and I think he is more of the good route runner, separator. He's the best separator of the group. Uh, you know, he he definitely wins a different way. So they're, they're all kind of different except for uh, D, uh, Debo and Brown. But uh, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. That's almost a, just what's your favorite flavor, right? And, you know, on your burger, I don't know what you have on your burger, but I put barbecue sauce on everything. But some people, you know, they like mayonnaise. Some people, like, you know, whatever it is. There's just different flavors and things people like, and I think that's what it comes down to with uh these receivers and <laughs> someone said i can't rock with a uh, a guy with a passive fire mouthpiece uh huh. Jalen ramsey he wears his mouth uh, uh uh lamar jackson matter of fact one of the guys that made it famous michael irvin you know what i'm saying like michael irvin was a dog and wore a mouthpiece like that with a pacifier mouthpiece a dog michael irvin Ramsey dog oh. are you telling me Jesse are you saying you do not you wouldn't want Ramsey on your team hmm. I don't know I don't know <laughs> come on man I would come take on. DK you would say DK
6: I would take DK come on man
0: alright real quick guys oh let me pull that down Devo is uh, I one. I'm gonna share, I'm gonna actually share my screen. And I always talk about Underdog Fantasy, but I never actually like bring it up. So here we go. Underdog Fantasy, and I need to add money to my account, but I don't have my wallet in front of me. So never mind that. All right, are you guys able to see the screen? There we go. Am I able to zoom in on it? Let's see. I don't know how to zoom in. I don't know if people can see it. But anyways, the way Underdog Fantasy that I work, I always do pickums. all right? So with the pickums, and this is the app I've been telling you guys, download Underdog Fantasy, Promo code Crocky, C-R-O-C-K-Y. And here's the fantasy aspect of it. And there's a game tonight. You can play this game. And you and you guys let me know what you think. Also, uh, Pe- uh, Peacock, Aponte, I want to know what you think as well. So mm-hmm. you, I like to bet the over-unders on a lot of this stuff. So I want to get your, your thoughts on this, and then I'll play whatever you guys tell me to play. All right? Okay. So you have Mac Jones up here, right? So mm-hmm. tonight it's the Atlanta Falcons against the New England Patriots. Yeah, Mac Jones. Do you think he'll get four and a four and a half? So you have three different things you can do with him. You can only choose one. 23 and a half completions over under, four and a half rushing yards over under, or 247 and a half passing yards over under. Which one would you take?
6: I'm probably gonna take the completions over. Um, I would take the passing yards under because I think that the the Falcons are gonna get dog walked. Um, by the patriots on national television Mac's not really gonna have to throw the ball a bunch but mac is great for fantasy this week and i have him as somebody who if you're stuck like in a league i have matt ryan in a single quarterback league i'm starting mac jones over him this week I, i'm picking him up and i'm starting him so i don't have a problem with that you know i don't have a problem starting mac jones this week but i have over but i would do under the mat uh the the pat the passing yards prop only because i just don't think they're gonna have to throw that much Unless they just want, you know, to to show off Mac. But I think Mac's going to have a good game this week. I just think that they, you know, they're getting Damian Harris back. Ramondre Stevenson is playing so well, as you saw last week. Um, I think that they're just going to be able to run the ball and do whatever they want in this game. And uh, Matt Ryan's in trouble this week. So he's an absolute set,
0: Matt Ryan. All right. So I'm going to stay away from the, and I can only do one. One uh, One prop for Mac.
6: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to go with the under on Mm -hmm. passing yards. All right. Now we got another couple of things right here. we got. A couple of these receivers, are right, you got Kendrick Bourne, three receptions, over, over. All yes. right, that's what we're gonna go with. All right, and then let's see Hunter Henry, thirty. Do you want to do the over on the on the receptions or on the receiving yards?
6: Um, probably on the receptions. He's um he's a big big target. Um, that's uh that's his guy in the red zone. That's his guy in the red zone. Like he, he, I think it's like something where he's got like 75, 80% of his targets in the red zone. It's uh, it's something crazy.
0: All right. Then we go over to the Atlanta Falcons and you have Matt Ryan. All right. 22 and a half completions, 245 yards. Like which one would you play?
6: Under 245. I just don't think that he's going to have a good game in this game, man. I, I just have a tough time because I mean, the Patriots are clamping everybody. And I think that's the part that people are forgetting in this win streak. Yes. Mac Jones is playing great. 100%. Can't take anything away from him in terms of that. But man, they're picking guys off, running back touchdowns. I think they have like a touchdown, defensive touchdown in the last like two or three games. They're really clamping down, man. It's gonna yeah. be hard. And then no Calvin Ridley in this game. And you know that Bill Belichick's gonna take away what you wanna, what you wanna do, which is gonna be Kyle Pitts in the passing game.
0: So when you see Kyle Pitts right here, uh his over-under on receptions is five, his over-under on yards is six, sixty and a half. What are you doing?
6: I think I'd probably take the over on the receptions, but um I I I don't think he's going to have like a big game receiving lots. I think that, I mean, I think that he's going to get peppered with targets. They'll try it, you know, but that's what I would say on that one.
0: All right. So for those of you who, who haven't, and I always talk about underdog fantasy. I'm always talking about um, how to utilize it again. This is underdog fantasy that I'm using right now. If you download the app or you can go to UnderdogFantasy.com. use promo code crocky. They have a promotion going on where they'd match whatever you put into your account up to a hundred dollars. When you, uh, when you make your first deposit. So if you deposit 20 bucks, they'll match your $20 and put that into your account. Then you'll have $40 to mess with. And I'll show you how far uh, $40 can go. Just this parlay that we just put together, Matt Jones under on his uh, 247 pass yards. Uh, Kendrick Bourne over on receptions. Hunter Hunter, Hunter Henry over on receptions. Matt Ryan's under on 245 yards. And Kyle Pitts over on receptions, parlay those together. Five dollars. All I did was put five dollars. The payout is a hundred. All right. So five dollars. If if this parlay hits, is a hundred. Now you could say, well, I don't want to do that many, right? I want to do something that might be a little bit safer. All right. So let's just let's take away Pitts because we are a little worried about, uh, you know, the uh Bel- Belichick and his ability to kind of take away somebody's main option. All right and let's go with Kendrick Bourne the over on his receptions. Now we only have three things. Still 5 bucks when you uh the payout is $30. All right. So that's underdog fantasy if a lot of you are not familiar with how it works. Again, and you can put a lot more money than that. Let's say we put uh 20 bucks. The $20 on 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 just a three a three team parlay that's $120 uh, payout. And the payout is immediate. The payout is immediate. Uh, you know, you hook up your PayPal to it or whatever it is. As soon as you win, that money pops up in your thing and you're able to pay out right then and there. All right. So, Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. If you haven't already seen how that whole thing works, I just showed you guys. I'm always talking about it. It's one of the main sponsors of this show. Underdog Fantasy, download the app or Go to the website underdogfantasy.com, do that right now and use promo code crocky. And I will warn you, if you have this like addictive personality, maybe you shouldn't do it because it gets really addictive. This is something I mean, I'm on every day, just scrolling through like, all right, what, what plays am I going to have? And it's not just for football. Obviously I pulled up the football, but they got NBA and you can actually parlay the NBA with the NFL. So, I already have this one right here up right with Matt Jones, Hunter Henry, Matt Ryan. I can add the over to Paul George. I can add, uh, you know, the under on Dylan Brooks, and you see your amount go up. So, if if all this were to hit, and I did, I put in twenty bucks. The payout is four hundred dollars. And again, the payout, they pay it, they pay it immediately. All right, so that's how underdog fantasy works. I saw somebody is it available for all. Uh, uh, all states. I don't think all states, but it'll tell you. It'll tell you right away if your state is able to do it or not. Most states I've been to, I've been able to play it, and I've you know I've been traveling a lot, but there are some states where you're not allowed to do it. There is something that says uh, you can get what's it called a VPN. What's it called?
6: Yeah. So VPN is so you could change your location because in New Jersey, I can't take these bets. I can't do any of these. um, And it's just for whatever reason. Underdog is actually um, based in Brooklyn. Um, I I didn't know that until uh, until I asked, you know, what was going on with it. It's just not allowed in New Jersey. So what you do with the VPN is that it changes your location. And you can it can make it seem like wherever. So you're in Arkansas. Right. You put the VPN, it changes your location to Arkansas. Boom. You could put your bets in and you could you could bet that way. It's the same way that people were able to finagle, you know, let's say the NFL app. Right. Which only gives you the local games. So if I'm in Jersey and I want to watch the 49ers on my NFL app, pop the VPN into California and boom, it changes from the Giants and Jets to the 49ers for you to be able to watch them.
0: Right, and I'm I'm about to actually get into my uh VPN game bag today because I've been wanting to get on uh. Hold on, I just saw somebody say it. the the about the casino app. So all these apps now are having uh sports books. So now this is not a sponsor of mine, but between like uh I see it with like um, Barstool. Barstool has a a sports book app, and it's like I can't use that in Arkansas, mm-hmm. so it's crazy. I could do Underdog Fantasy, I can't do that app, but um.
6: And I can do I'm FanDuel like, yeah. in Jersey. I can't do Underdog Um, on those
0: things. Crazy how that works, huh?
6: hmm
0: But yeah, I'm about to get into that stuff, man. Somebody says, uh, VPN will have all your info, though. VPN, I'm too old school for that. Listen, I'm old school for it, too. I have it. I actually, like, download it. However, I'm supposed to use the VPN. I downloaded it on my... On my I have, like, this app. But it's like, man, I don't know how to figure this thing out, man. I need to figure I mean, it out, though, because I... I like sports betting, so
6: if you got somebody in a state that is allowed, Venmo them the money and have them place the bet and then have them send it back to you, man. Like that—that's easy too. If you don't want to do the VPN thing, I've done that plenty of times for people in Texas who who you know can't bet on FanDuel. They send it over to me. I just put the bet in, and when I when I win out, that's it. I just send it back.
0: That's smart. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working gotta- too hard.
6: You gotta do all that technology stuff, man. Just just Ven you get it right away, go tell them to put it, and then just when they when it comes out, cash it on and send it back.
0: Right, right, right. But my guy, Jason Aponte, man, you've been good with your time, man. I appreciate yeah, man. you coming on. And uh thanks for getting off the uh the fantasy football talk. We gotta do this again next Thursday so everybody can start getting their uh rosters uh set up.
6: Absolutely. And uh yeah, man, appreciate you, Crock. You know I got you anytime, man. You know I'm up every morning because I gotta uh I got to take my daughter to, to school. So, you know, you you know, I'm good to watch the show anytime.
0: Uh, all right. That's Jason Aponte. Tell everybody where they can follow you at.
6: Um, At Jason Aponte 2103. Jason Aponte on YouTube. Sprint Red Option podcast two times a week. And um, getting into the whole instant reaction right after 49ers game. So uh, tapping with me on Sunday right after the 49ers beat the Jaguars. Uh, Yeah. I'm jumping out on a limb here with that one.
0: <laughs> all right. All right, Aponte. Appreciate you coming right. on, bro. Later, guys. All right, that's my guy, Jay Slapati, and that is going to do it for this show. Again, if you weren't able to catch this whole show when we were talking about Hufanga and Tart and all that good stuff, go ahead, tune into the beginning by either watching back this YouTube channel or we got it's going to be up on Apple, uh, Spotify, all that stuff. All right, so this is an actual podcast now as well, streaming on all your platforms. It'll be up soon. All right, um, Underdog Fantasy. I showed y'all how it worked. Now go. Promo code Crocky. Download the app. Promo code Crocky. All that good stuff. Underdog Fantasy. UnderdogFantasy.com. And if you need a VPN, figure out how to use that. I'm going to try to figure it out today. I got a little bit of downtime. I'm going to figure out how to use these VPN things, all right? But uh, appreciate everybody. Love all 'all. y'all. Y'all have a blessed day. Y'all have a great day. Until next time, I'm out. Peace. Oh, go ahead. Listen to uh, Locked On 49ers. We had the crossover episode with the Jags. Uh, so Lockdown 49 is make sure you guys listen to that but yeah till next time peace I'm out Intercepted it is picked off by Eric rocker
5: over midfield he'll run it all the way into the end zone podcast
3: Crop Talk TV
0: podcast peace